You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Tim Rice. Welcome to episode 56 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. On the 27th of January, 2022, Andrew Lloyd Webber, or some bright spark in his office, tweeted that that very day was the 40th anniversary of the first ever performance of Joseph on Broadway. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, that is. If Andrew hadn't posted that tweet, I'm afraid that the momentous significance of the date would have passed me by, partly because when one's been around in any business for as long as I have, significant anniversaries seem to crop up quite often. Furthermore, a 40th celebration doesn't seem to have quite the cachet of a 50-year one, and Andrew and I seem to have been assailed with quite a few of those lately, reminding us how youthfully active we were half a century ago, primarily with Jesus Christ Superstar and Joseph, including, Joseph-wise, in 2018, the 50th anniversary of Joseph's first ever performance anywhere at Colic Court School, Hammersmith, London. In 2019, the 50th anniversary of the release of the first Joseph album. And coming up later in 2022, the 50th of the first ever professional production, a masterful version directed by Frank Dunlop at the Edinburgh Festival, which, at a stroke, turned Joseph into a show for all age groups without in any way affecting its appeal and super suitability for performance in schools. So my first ungracious reaction to the tweet was an arrogant metaphorical shrug of the shoulders. I'll wait for the 50th Broadway party in 2032. Except that on reflection, even though it wasn't a massive commercial hit, there were several aspects of the Broadway version that makes it well worth recalling, or at least makes me feel it's worth recalling now rather than when time has marched on for another decade and goodness knows where Andrew and I will be then. For starters, on Broadway, there was the wonderful Laurie Beachman, who was the first actress to play the leading role of the narrator, hitherto in all major productions, apart for a bloke 
a chap, a guy, a fella. I have to say actress here, as she was obviously not the first actor to do so. And she was nominated for a Tony for Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Musical for her work in Joseph. Laurie was terrific as the first feminine narrator, as you will now hear. Some folks dream of the wonders they'll do Before their time on this planet is through Some just don't have anything planned They hide their hopes and their heads in the sand Now I don't say who is wrong, who is right But if by chance you are here for the night So good was Laurie as the narrator that nearly all professional and most amateur productions of Joseph since have featured a lady in the role rather than a gent. 
she made us realise, a mere fifteen years after we began writing it, that the part of the narrator, which is important, as important in the show as that of Joseph, worked as well, if not better, for a woman as it did for a man. It gave the show more contrast and balance. Maybe if Laurie had been less than perfect, we might not have realised this important fact for a further fifteen years. Laurie died in 1998, aged only 44. So sad that such a memorable performer, actress, actor, is not with us today. I know she would still be captivating Broadway and beyond. We've been honoured to have had many wonderful lady actors follow in Laurie's footsteps. Most recently in the UK, Lindsay Haightley, Alexandra Burke and Sheridan Smith. Back to Broadway 1982. The first important professional version of Joseph in the United States had been staged by Frank Dunlop, with David Carroll as Joseph and Cleavon Little as the narrator, at the Brooklyn Academy in New York. It played there as Holiday Fair, i.e. a Christmas time show, in both 1976 and 1977. David Carroll was later to play Anatoly in chess on Broadway. That was in 1988 and did not take up too much of his time that year. Cleavon Little, who had a long and successful film and TV career, is perhaps best remembered for his starring role as Bart in Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles. Joseph was well established in schools, colleges and repertory companies around America by the early 80s, but despite Frank's Brooklyn shows, not so much as a fully-fledged professional musical. It was British director Tony Tanner we have to thank for making the Broadway breakthrough, and two young lady producers, Gail Berman and Susan Rose. Tony Tanner, born in 1932, began his long theatrical career in the UK as an actor, with considerable success, including the lead, taking over from author Anthony Newley, in Stop the World I Want to Get Off in the West End. He moved to America, to play the lead in Half a Sixpence on Broadway, and stayed. He clocked up an impressive list of achievements as performer, writer, director, and choreographer, Joseph being one of five shows he directed and choreographed in New York. Andrew and I first met Tony some 16 years before we teamed up with him on Broadway. Our agent at the time, 1966, Desmond Elliott, had been attempting to stir up interest in our first ever musical work, the likes of us, with interest remaining stubbornly unstirred, until he introduced us to Tony, then in his thirties and on his way to becoming a force in musicals. We turned up for an afternoon meeting with Tony, organised by Desmond, at the home in Barnes of the celebrated costume designer Honoria Plesch, who included the movies Brighton Rock and Pure Hell at St Trinian's among her film credits. I can't remember very much about the gathering, but I think Desmond felt that in Tony and Honoria, he might be beginning to assemble a director-producer combo that would get the likes of us off the ground. I do recall Honoria, who had then just directed and designed a film called The Yellow Hat, being a generous and flamboyant hostess, and Tony showing genuine enthusiasm for our totally unproven and unsuccessful abilities. But that afternoon, in my favourite postal district of SW13, sad to say, that led nowhere. It took a while for Desmond to abandon us, and for us to abandon the likes of us. We were reunited, however, with Tony Tanner in late 1981, via his off-Broadway production of Joseph at the Intermedia Theatre. On the aforementioned 27th of January 1982, it transferred to the Royale Theatre on Broadway. 
This was our third appearance on The Great White Way following Jesus Christ Superstar, 1971, and Evita, 1979. Tony had assembled a pretty good cast. In addition to the peerless Laurie, Bill Hutton was a winning Joseph, and Tom Carter a dynamic pharaoh. Another Joseph cast member I recall enthusiastically was David Ardeo, who made a mighty good job of the role of Potiphar. I've attempted to find out what David's been up to in the past 40 years, but without success. Maybe he's left the theatrical business. If so, it would seem to be the theatre world's loss, judging by his interpretation of Joseph's all-too-brief employer. But if I had many few cares, I was one of Egypt's millionaires, having made a fortune buying shares in pyramids. But if I had made a huge pile, owned a large percentage of the Nile, meant that I could really live in style, and I did. Things ain't going well, they not appear. 
David Ardeo as Potiphar. Joseph's Broadway debut was produced by Gail Berman and Susan Rose. This was also their Broadway debut. They were both 26 years old at the time. I was 37 and Andrew 33, positively ancient. We'd been used to the business end of showbiz being run by characters, usually blokes, senior to us, so this was a kind of innovation. But Gail and Susan, although they never made much, if anything, out of their first Broadway venture, were enthusiastic, supportive, and efficient producers during the show's 747 performance run. Incidentally, 36 shows more than the original superstar managed 11 years before. Both women, then the youngest to have produced a Broadway show, have gone on to greater things. One of Susan's most recent triumphs was her 10-time Tony-winning production of The Band's Visit, including the Tony for Best Musical in 2017. I truly enjoyed that marvellous show, which tells the story of an Egyptian police orchestra appearing at the wrong venue in an obscure Israeli town. She's produced movies such as A Cooler Climate and the Emmy-winning Jack, and musicals such as The Last Five Years, which I saw recently during its season at the Garrick in London. Gail has had a stellar career in movies, having been the first female executive to hold top posts at both major film and television networks at Fox and Paramount. She was president of both at different times. So all in all, we had a pretty good team at Joseph on Broadway, on and off stage. Listening to the album again for the first time in many a moon, I must say it sounds extremely energetic with a driving rhythm section and the vocals consistently on the money. The show paved the way for many other Joseph productions in North America. David Cassidy and Andy Gibb both appeared as Joseph on Broadway, and best of all, Donny Osmond has been Joseph all over North America. The first time I saw him in the part was in his home state of Utah. He went down pretty well. And of course, he also starred in the 1999 filmed version, made in England, with Maria Friedman as the narrator, and legends including Joan Collins, Richard Attenborough, and Christopher Biggins, adding luster to the cluster. There's a possible new Joseph movie in the works, which may give Andrew and I a chance to write a new scene or two, a mere 54 years after we started the whole thing by writing way, way back many centuries ago. And I think the new film is bound to have a lady narrator. The spirit of Laurie Beachman lives on. Probably not a lady pharaoh, though. It has been mooted. I produced the cast album for the Broadway Joseph with my friend Roger Watson, with whom I made a few insane flop pop singles in the 70s. Understandably, I haven't featured many of them in Get Onto My Cloud, yet. Another standout performance back in Joseph 82 was that of Tom Carter as Pharaoh, a.k.a. Elvis. Tom did some wonderful ad-libs every night, and when we were in the recording studios, he threw in a reference to Memphis, as you will shortly hear. I thought this was a gag too far until Tom tactfully reminded me that Memphis wasn't just Elvis's hometown, but a former capital city in ancient Egypt. So his brilliant reference stayed in, and I had to shamefully admit that yet another connection between Elvis and Egypt, other than kings and a capital E, had passed me by. I didn't know just how close a parallel we'd stumbled upon. Anyway, here is Tom as Pharaoh as Elvis. If anyone who ever took part in Joseph on Broadway in any capacity ever hears this podcast, thanks so much for what you did. Far too many of the key contributors have left the stage, but they are not forgotten. 
is episode 56 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced with deft skill by Peter Hobbs. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.